Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will, friends. Thanks to you and so many like you. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. Have you seen any insurrections uh, recently? I certainly have. And uh, and yet they are in no way treated, uh, uh, the people involved, uh, like the ones who were uh, involved in the uh, alleged, uh, stupidly called insurrection of uh, January 6th. Uh, brothers and sisters, we all know the the hypocrisy. We all know the lunacy of the left. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and about some other developments. So welcome. Let's go into the Word of God right away. And then I want to show you a recent insurrection and see what you think. Um, Psalm 46 is appropriate for the uh, problems we are dealing with in the world right now. Psalm 46 reads as follows. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should rock, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, even though its waters rage and foam, even though the mountains be shaken by, by its depths, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in her midst. She shall not be shaken. God will help her at the dawning of the day. Nations are in tumult. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. The bow he breaks, the spear he snaps, he burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God, supreme among the nations, supreme on the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Let us pray. Lord God, if we are to have peace on the earth, then we are to have peace in our own hearts. It starts there with a right relationship with you, Lord God, with an acknowledgement that you are the king of every nation, with an acknowledgement that you alone reign over human life as its creator and owner, and that none of us gets to decide if someone else should live or die. Lord God, you are the master over all the earth. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We thank you for this time together now as we can recommit ourselves to saving America. We pray through Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Amen. Okay. There um, been some insurrections going on. If you take the definition of the lunatic left, the unhinged, deluded left, who thought that what happened on January 6th back in 2021 constituted an insurrection, how utterly stupid can you be? That was no insurrection. Uh, and certainly not anything that if he were planning an insurrection, uh, Donald Trump would uh, would have been able to be credited with. I mean, when you attempt to protect the Capitol with troops that then the Speaker of the House does not accept or the mayor of D.C. either, when you tell people to gather and they do, with a, the exception of a small fraction of people, gather peacefully and patriotically, and then when they go in, those who go into the Capitol, some of them not even know why, knowing why they were going in there, going in there and, uh, you know, not with arms. What, what kind of arms? When, since when do you have a resurrection, an insurrection without, without being armed? Um, th- 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 we know the stupidity of this. But taking their definition of what an insurrection is, well, take a look at this this clip what just happened in the U.S. Capitol by these terrorist supporters, terrorist sympathizers. Every one of these people, by the way, will be judged by God for their support of the sin of terrorism, the, the horror that we have seen unfold. Hamas dripping with blood. Take a look at this, what, what happened, just happened the, uh, in the, uh, uh, the U.S. Capitol yesterday. Yeah, right. Ceasefire. Israel-Hamas war. It's not an Israel-Hamas war. It's a Hamas holocaust against Israel. They want to continue the holocaust. Do we understand? I've been making this point for several days, and and I know you, our audience, understands this. But I'm talking about our, our fellow citizens. How many of them even understand what's going on here? You have a, a, a terrorist group that wants to wipe out Israel altogether. This is not an Israel-Hamas war. This is a one-sided terror group inflicting terror. That's what it is. And ceasefire, yeah, ceasefire. Oh, you mean that Hamas is going to stop terrorizing innocent Israeli citizens? Is that what we mean by ceasefire? Or are you trying to say that Israel, facing an enemy that wants to wipe them completely off the face of the earth just for being who they are, not because they attacked them, but just for being who they are, 
is not supposed to defend themselves. Is that is that what these people are trying to say? Or some of our religious leaders, or maybe some people that are having conversations with you, or 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 talking with you on social media. Well, what exactly is what exactly does ceasefire mean? Let's say it again because it bears repeating. If Hamas lays down their arms, there'll be no more war. There's no Israel-Hamas war. If Hamas stops terrorizing people and killing innocent people, there'll be no more war. If Israel lays down its arms, there'll be no more Israel. People should not be even talking about this without getting an accurate understanding in their minds of what the problem is here. The problem is on one side of the equation and one side only. The absolutely inhuman, cold-hearted, bloodthirsty terrorism of Hamas. That's it. That is the long and short of the problem. And anybody condemning anything about this, anybody condemning anything about this, that does not explicitly say that that's the problem, has got a complete, whether it's willful ignorance or just ignorant ignorance, has got a complete misreading of of the situation and is in no position, really is in no position to be talking about it, really. People have a right to their opinions, but a lot of these opinions, frankly, are stupid. So what was that that we just saw? I mean, the Capitol, the building, I mean, businesses taking place in there, the business of the federal government. What are these people doing uh, sitting there in the rotunda like that? Anybody want to be calling that an insurrection? Anybody want to be recommending how those people are going to be treated? I mean, we saw police officers leading them away. Are they going to get uh, prison sentences for years and years and years on end? Like people who went in there and didn't even do anything wrong. There were some people on January 6th who were breaking windows and not killing people, but defacing property, climbing over things. But are you, but are, are they going to be treated differently than the people who were in there on January 6th? Oh, yeah, you bet they are. going to be a big difference. There are people sitting in jail right now for peacefully peacefully walking into the Capitol on January 6th. There's no there's no uh, there's no equal application of the law here by any means. But brothers and sisters, um, understanding really what is going on here is critical. Now, Biden sent over $100 million to um, Gaza for humanitarian aid. Um, what do you think that money is going to be used for? Who controls that area? The same people who want to kill everybody in Israel and want to kill us too. Here's the bottom line. You're funding terrorism. Oh, but this is for humanitarian aid. You're funding 
terrorism. And if the man in the White House doesn't understand that, either which is it and and, and which is worse, that he completely doesn't understand that, in which case, how is he possibly qualified to be commander-in-chief and to represent the interests of the United States in the face of every other nation? And sec- Or secondly, does he understand it very well and wants to encourage the terrorists? It's inextricable. You can't be giving money to Gaza. You can't be giving money to, a, to a, 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 a people who are terrorists or controlling that piece of land. Without funding terrorism, it's one and the same. Your the motive in your heart doesn't dictate how they're going to use the money. Stop! Stop doing this. I don't know. This is really bad. Hamas needs to be gone. Beginning and end of story. The Lord loves those who hate evil. The Word of God. The Lord loves those who hate evil. This notion, I talked about it yesterday, that oh, somehow we're, we're above the fray. We just want peace. If you want peace, and if you want that desire to be effective, you've got to be able to identify evil. You've got to be able to identify the threat to peace. These are some people come along, even as I say, religious leaders, who say, well, pray for peace, we want peace. But then they're incapable of pointing to the problem. What is it that's disrupting peace? Not Israel. What is it that's disrupting peace? Who's disrupting the peace? The very people that those misguided protesters are supporting. That's who's disrupting the peace. Don't call for a ceasefire. When somebody... Think about it this way. You're walking down a city street and uh, somebody's walking along, minding their own business, and they get violently attacked. And the attacker is is, 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 is uh, beating on them and, and dragging them around and mistreating them. What does a ceasefire consist of? And that person stri- tries to strike back and tries to kick their way free from the attacker What do people do in a situation like that? I mean, what's the right thing to call for? Cease fire? Peace. We want peace here. We want peace. We're calling on both sides to have peace. And meanwhile, you got got a a violent person attacking a helpless, innocent person. Oh, but we want peace. Cease fire. Both sides. No. What you say in a situation like that, you say to the attacker, Stop. And you stop them. You stop the attacker. You don't say to the, to the victim, oh, 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 stop, stop punching back. Stop kicking back. Oh, there's got to be peace on both sides. 
What, what is wrong with people? That they can't see this. Either they don't know, in which case I would suggest that they study up a little bit about what's really going on, or they don't want to know. Yeah, any kind of violent attack on anybody. Where somebody breaks into your house, you know, and you you have a firearm and you take it out and you're ready to, to shoot. Cease fire, cease fire, peace on both sides. And who's the person that's supposed to be the target of that message? Is it not the intruder? Is it not the attacker? You're peacefully in your home, living your life, minding your business, and then if some violent attacker comes in, you don't have to be told anything. You have a right to defend yourself, even if it means shooting that person. If it, it comes to that, that's the last resort. But for goodness sake, what I'm saying is let's stop pretending uh, that there's neutrality here, that there's an equivalency of responsibility on both sides. There's not. There's not. All right. I want to get into some other things here. Um, okay. So we don't have a Speaker of the House yet. Um, we have to continue doing what we did uh, the last couple of days. We have to pray to the Holy Spirit that uh, those who are voting on this and those who are having, you know, behind the closed doors negotiations and so forth will, um, will have wisdom here. The Holy Spirit helps us to examine our own motives, you know, the letter of the Hebrews says the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. And then it says this. It discerns the thoughts and motives of the heart. Discerns the thoughts and motives of the heart. That's what has to happen here. The Holy Spirit needs to, needs to help each individual who has a vote here, each of the members of the, of the house to discern why are they doing what they're doing. I mean, there's no way for us to know we can come to conclusions based on past history or based on what people say. But ultimately, only the person, him or herself, and Almighty God knows the thoughts and motives of their heart. But if they pray, if they read the, 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 the Word, if they ask the Holy Spirit for discernment, that's what God does. He discerns the thoughts and motives of the heart. So if somebody is in this, uh, and not you know, let's say they're not voting. I mean, Jim Jordan uh, almost got this vote, and uh, and now he's 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 uh, uh, calling on 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 uh, calling for a pause here. He's pausing his own bid for the speakership. But those who are voting against him, what are the thoughts and motives of your heart? And if indeed those motives are more self-centered than uh, government-centered, it's like, let's get something done here. Let's get back to the point where we can govern. Uh, let's get a good leader in here. Uh, what are the thoughts and motives of the heart? Uh, and that's where, you know, we need to pray that people who might not be having the most unselfish of motives here would get their act together and, uh, and, and, and unify for the right reason. Otherwise, other than that, I mean, wh where is the, unless enough people are going to come together, uh, to say, okay, the priority here, what is the priority? Is let's get some good leadership uh, and get on with the work that we're, we're here to do. Uh, then you, uh, 
you risk an endless cycle of, of indecision. So we want to um, pray for, for that. And, uh, and beyond that, beyond that, it's a matter of, again, keep the focus in on the issues that need to be resolved in the country and the damage that the other side is doing to the country. Don't let the other side run away with the narrative about how, oh, uh, the, uh, you know, um, divided and, and uh, uh, incapable, incompetent uh, the GOP is at, uh, at doing its job. Don't let the other side um, get away with that being the, the dominant narrative. Uh, there are people, obviously, who do not have the best interests of the, uh, of the American people at heart. That's always going to be the case. Uh, and when that's on display, we have to call that out. At the same time, we have to keep the American voters' attention on um, uh, what the issues are here that do need to be resolved. When you have a speaker and you get back to that, uh, the, the business of the House, uh, what is the business of the House? What is the business of the Congress? It's to resolve these deeper issues, these bigger problems. Uh, and these are issues that we're talking about here all the time. All right, there is a um, one of the polls looking at the presidential race that I wanted to bring up the other day. We didn't have time. Is a poll um, measuring not just the lead that President Trump continues to have over Biden. A Marquette Law School poll released last week showing uh, being ahead of Biden among registered voters by uh, by three points. But widening the gap in voter enthusiasm, and you know, enthusiasm plays a big part because the outcome of elections does not just depend on how people vote. The level of enthusiasm affects how many, how much people are willing to do and how much sacrifice they're willing to endure to get other people willing to vote. In other words, you can measure at the moment how many people would, if the election were held today, vote a certain way. What's harder to measure is how many people who currently are not decided or who are, may not even be thinking about voting, how many of them are going to be reached and persuaded to vote for your candidate by the people who are on that candidate's team? Well, that depends on the enthusiasm of the people on the team. Yeah, the different gradations of enthusiasm. Somebody might say, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to vote for I'm going to vote for President Trump in the primary, and then again in the general, presuming that he's the nominee." Okay, but how many doors are you going to knock on? How many voters are you going to call? How much time are you going to volunteer? How many lawn signs are you going to uh, uh, give to people? How many uh, bumper stickers? How many uh, uh, rallies are you going to help organize? How many? people are you going to connect with on email and social media? How many other voters are you going to educate and get out to vote? That is a function of enthusiasm. This poll said Trump draws a majority, 51% among registered voters, to only 48% for Biden. But Trump has an eight-point lead among those very enthusiastic so among those who identify themselves as very enthusiastic, he's got 54% of them and Biden 46%. And among those who describe themselves as somewhat enthusiastic about the election, 
He's got a six-point lead, 53% for Trump, 47% for Biden. That bodes well for the election in the sense that, again, the enthusiasm is going to determine. Yeah, I mean, you're already saying you're going to vote for that person. But the enthusiasm determines how many other people are you going to get to vote for that person because of the work you're going to be enthusiastically doing for that candidate. All right, so I wanted to bring that up. Um, in regard to President Trump's uh, legal battles that are going on, he issued a call recently for a new delay to his Florida classified documents trial being pushed by uh, the deluded and disgraceful Jack Smith. Why would he be doing this? You know, at the time of the filing, the Smith prosecutors hadn't even turned over to the Trump team all the documents that they need to review. If you're on a legal team, some of you have had this experience, no doubt, um, you have... You have to review all the material that the prosecutors have that they're going to use as evidence, that they're going to use as the basis for their arguments, because then you need to be able to refute their arguments. You need to be able to review that material so that you can mount a defense. You've got to plan a defense. And then there's the additional material that you're going to have that you want to bring in and, 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 and utilize for the trial. And we're talking about multiple trials happening at the same time with millions and millions of pages of documents. How can this be reasonable if you don't give the team the time they need? This is not a delay tactic. This is a demand of common sense that you need the time to review the materials pertinent to the case in order to make a defense. So this, you know, first of all, again, it raises questions we've talked about many times before. Well, we've got to challenge those who are on the, you know, the anti-Trump side of the equation, that is to say, the deluded side. A, why did they wait so long to bring this up in the first place? B, who is being harmed by allowing more time for this to happen? And C, is it not obvious to everybody that this is election interference when you schedule a trial oh, I don't know, the day before Super Tuesday or right in the midst of when the candidate who is in the uh, subject of the, the trial is, is, is exercising his right to campaign for the highest office in the land. It, it's also, but, but I did want to uh, point out, they had yet to turn over the documents and not explaining why they had been held. The prosecutors recently dumped a whole bunch of documents onto the, the Trump legal team that nearly doubled the volume of such documents that they have to review. But no explanation as to why they hadn't given them to them sooner. This is all so obvious. And what it leads to is simply a compounded conclusion that this is nothing but politically motivated election interference. Speaking of the election... Um, JFK, you know, the, the RNC issued a, uh, statement recently when, R, when, uh, Kennedy announced his, uh, running as an independent candidate now instead of as uh, a Democrat. And, uh, I mean, it says a lot about the Democrat party. Okay. First of all, they are, they are locked into their intolerant, most radical left-wing base. 
Um, RFK says some things that are that are uh, obviously much more moderate than what these left-wing radicals believe. Um, it says a lot about them. Remember, the Biden administration didn't even want to approve Secret Service uh, protection for uh, RFK. Um, but the but the RNC had something to say. Let me just read it. Make no mistake. A Democrat in independence clothing is still a Democrat. Don't be fooled by any of this independent running kind of stuff. A Democrat in independence clothing is still a Democrat. RFK Jr. cannot hide from his record, which includes what? Endorsing Hillary, supporting the Green New Deal, baloney, fighting against the Keystone Pipeline, praising AOC's tax hikes, the RNC goes on to say, he is your typical elitist liberal and voters won't be fooled. American families deserve common sense leadership that will return America's energy independence, stop Biden inflation, secure our border, get our country back on track, which is why our Republican nominee will be the next president of the United States. Um, on another one of these evenings, I'll go through a little bit more of a detailed analysis of uh, how RFK really is in the radical Democrat camp, despite some of the things that he's been saying or the way that he may want to be presenting himself here. A lot more to say to you about a lot of these other things, but we're, obviously we need to pray over all of this. So let's go back to the Lord here. Father, we ask Trump uh, legal team and the immense volume of work that they need to do to fight against what is so blatantly obvious, a political persecution. Lord, we don't want our courts deciding our elections. We don't want prosecutors deciding our elections. We don't want anyone taking away the right of the people to decide who our nominee will be. And yet this is what we see unfolding right before our eyes in America with tactics that are anything but American. We look, we, we look to you, Lord God, for, for help. Get us out of this situation. Intervene. Intervene in the minds and hearts of those people that are misusing our legal system to make elections go their way instead of ours and to take away the very opportunity that voters have to vote the way they want to vote. Bless the Trump legal team with wisdom let them introduce the motions, Lord God, that are most likely to, to succeed and bring about an end to this political persecution. Let the voters, Lord, see through what is happening and not be fooled into thinking that there's any crime here that's been committed or even into thinking that this is a just application of the law. Nobody is above the law, they will tell us, and yet they don't even have the law on their side. They're misusing law, stretching law, turning it inside out, upside down, applying it to circumstances that it was never meant to, to be applied to. And just outright using the legal system as a political tool. Lord, this is repugnant to us as citizens and as people who love freedom. This is repugnant to us. And we pray that it will be repugnant to all our fellow citizens as we see these things unfold before their eyes. And Lord God, we pray for wisdom for our 
elected members of the U.S. House as they continue to wrestle with this question of leadership. Who will be the speaker? Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who have instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that in that same spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Help us, Lord God. Help our nation to sort through this time of, of decision. We need wisdom more than ever before. Wisdom is your gift. You, Lord, Lord Jesus, you are wisdom incarnate. Fill us with the spirit of your wisdom. We pray now as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow, a lot of stuff going on, friends. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks for your prayers for America and your prayers for everybody who joins us here each night. Let other people know about our broadcast. We would love to welcome everybody in. We welcome our international audience as well, uh, who, who also respect and love America and, of course, love the Lord Jesus. We thank you all for being part of this program, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. Priest, the Priests for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King with Priest for Life. The great issues of social justice civil rights and pro-life in our nation have made progress when citizens take their convictions into the voting booth. It's not enough simply to believe or speak about what is right. We have to elect lawmakers who will pass the right laws. As my uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the law can't make my brother love me, but it can stop him from lynching me. Making laws and changing hearts go hand in hand. When people's hearts and minds are changed, they will elect people who will change laws and court decisions. So dear friends, if you're not yet registered to vote, please register today. And when you do go into that polling place, please vote pro-life. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.